0: So I loved um, Mike's ex- exhortation this morning about looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, because we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey, and we have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus all the time. And, uh, and this year's been a difficult year for all of us as we've gone through change and transition. It's been a year where I've had to really uh, put my roots down deep and anchor myself into Jesus and into his love as God's taken me through things that have been painful, but we have to go through these things. And, and I just want to read you a scripture. And it's a, it's a great scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. And it says, watch. It's Paul's last exhortation to the Corinthians. He said, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, you know, there's lots in this scripture. And, it, and it'll mean a lot of different things to different people. But, I, but it's going to be the theme of my message this morning is standing, fa- uh, standing fast in the faith. Standing fast in the faith. And, you know, if you've been saved for about three weeks, then you'll need to stand fast in the faith because it's part of our journey as uh, God's always going to lead you through different areas in your life where you're going to have to stand fast and hold on to Him and be brave and be strong as God takes you through things. And often you look back and you think, well, that wasn't that big at all. I, you know, I've got bigger stuff now. But at the time, it's big. It's, at the time you go through things, it's big. And God causes us to stand fast. And I remember just talking about Uganda. I remember when Andy and I went to U- Uganda, I was petrified, absolutely petrified. We didn't know what we were going to be coming into uh, as far as preaching and meetings. And, and we were told to get a couple of messages, messages together. And so I got about two together. And uh, we get them. we start talking to John. And, and uh, after 38 hours travel or whatever it was, and John starts telling us, well, you know, you Tomorrow we're going out to a church, and two churches that day, and then two churches that day, and every day we we're going out to these different churches, there's about 12 different churches, and, and we we're going to be preaching twice in these churches, and I'm thinking, I've got two messages, what's going on here, and just freaking out, really freaking out, and I uh, got through the first day, and I used to have to rely on all my notes, now I love having notes, but back then I just had, had to have my notes, and stand there and read my notes, and I felt safe if I had my notes, and so the second day we go out to this church, we drive about 40 miles or 40 kilometers out down a goat track and all of a sudden, boof, there's this big mud hut in the middle of nowhere and there's 100 people outside waiting for us. This is what it was like every day. And uh, so we, we, we get into this auditorium and the, and the way we used to do it was Andy would uh, sing songs and Andy would play the guitar and he would always preach first in the morning and then we'd have lunch and then I'd preach in the afternoon. But this particular church... Was so dark inside you couldn't see the notes. You couldn't see the notes. And so for the first few hours, I was absolutely freaking out. What am I going to do? I, you couldn't even see the words. And I thought, God, what have you done? And I knew he was tricking me. He was tricking me, to, you know. And, um, but anyway, it, you know, I was talking to Andy and he said, We well, just got to stand up. You just got to get in there. And this is God's done this for you. So you break you out of all this kind of stuff. I didn't want to hear that. Cause I, I was freaking out, you know. But anyway, I got up and I had a few scriptures, so I started and boff, God's anointing came and I, and I went for about 40 minutes just flowing out of my out of spirit and stuff I didn't even know was there, came flying out and, and, you know, and led in the spirit and had an altar call about 10 minutes into it for people to be full of the Holy Spirit and about 50 people came out and a lot of them got filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, so it was a fantastic day, but man, I had to stand strong, you know, when I, when I couldn't read those notes. And... Uh, but God had to break me out of the mold, so he tricked me. And that's how he does it. And often God does that with us, you know. He kind of, he just sets, sets things up so that you have to face those challenges, you know. And uh, you have to stand strong and be brave and go through it. And the, the only other option was just, I'm not doing it. I'll just give it to Andy, give it back to Andy and, and not face it at all. But I had to face it, you know. I'm not one to give up. I try not to be one to give up. I've got this little, um, uh, little uh, emblem on my desk. And it's on my phone, and it's just, and Sharon bought it for me, and it's just got never, never, never give up, you know? And that brings me a lot of encouragement when I see that, because at times, like all of us, we feel like giving up. And, uh, but, you know, we're all on a journey with Jesus. And, uh, and God's mission is always to lead us into the promised land, there's always more for us to go into. And, uh, but, you know, in Exodus, the Bible says that God, God won't give it to you all at once, because it'll be too much for us. You know, it's way too much. So, so he gives us little by little, bit by bit. He'll make more ground and make more ground. So what I had to face years and years ago, I look back now and think that was just nothing. You know, and I'm facing big stuff now, but I, I, I'm believing what keeps my hope going is that in five years' time, I'll look back and say, well, that's what I'm going through now isn't bad. And, and you've got to encourage yourself like that. And um, like preaching, preaching without notes was one thing I had to break through. Before that, it was even preaching at all. And even speaking on a mic, that, that was terrifying enough, and, uh, and, and for those of you who remember Matt Casson, our youth pastor, he was here, and, um, and Sharon and I were running the young adults department, and I was, I used to be petrified, every time we'd have a cell group, I'd be petrified that I'd have to bring a message, it was just something I really had to conquer, just my own self-esteem and rejection and everything, didn't feel like I had much, and uh, but anyway, Matt used to run these prayer meetings at the church, you know, get all the youth there and all the young adults. There'd be about 50 people there, 40, 50 people. So we'd all be praying around here and um, and I used, to, I used to know how Matt used to operate. So he'd start off praying and then he'd slowly look around for someone to give the mic to. And uh, so so I'd be you know, just we'd be praying and I'd be kind of watching him. And then as soon as he started looking up to hand to, to see who he'd give the mic to, I'd be, put my hand down, oh but I used to absolutely avoid it. I just would hide and avoid getting the mic. Bill knows what that, that's about, eh? It's a great. But in the end, you know, Matt just persevered, and, and I had to be pushed into it, and, and, uh, and got out and, and, and speak on the mic and all that kind of stuff, and it's terrifying at first, but deep down, I knew I had that call. Deep down, I knew I had to speak, but I'd, I would avoid it to the last minute, and uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that avoids, and... <laughs> But you know, it, you know, in this room I look out now, and these people here—we got different giftings, and these different tribes represented here, different nations, and, and all sorts of different people. And you know, Ao, Ao's from Nigeria, and uh, Sharon and I—we got saved in our Nigerian church in, in London, and, and uh, that was that was when our journey began, when God reached into our lives when we were on an OE in London, and uh, reached into our lives and plucked us out of the darkness that we were in. And a lot of you wouldn't realize it now, and I won't go into a lot of details, but Sharon and I were caught up in, in drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff back then. And uh, but God reached in. You know, what manner have, of love has God got upon us? You know, He just he reached in and, and took hold of our lives and set us on a pathway of life and, and poured His anointing on us and poured His presence on us and saved us. And, and I always remember that. And you've got to remember where you've come from. You've got to remember where you come from because it keeps your heart. Uh, open to everyone, without judgment, knowing that uh, God loves everyone out there. You know, and I, I work with a lot of different people from all walks of life, but I always have a heart for them because God loves everyone. And, and uh, you've just got to remember where you came from and, and keep that passion alive. And, um, but you know, one thing we all have in common is Jesus. And he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And what he begun, he will complete. Where he's taking us, he will complete it. And he just calls us to stand, to watch, to stand fast, to be brave, to be strong, and let that all you do be done out of love. And, you know, one of the, the greatest things that's helped me and that I've, helped to have to, I've had to build into my life is an absolute persuasion of how much God loves me. Because that's what's kept me through those times when I felt like failing and I felt like giving up. And there's been plenty of those times. And there's been times where I have kind of just rolled over and given up, for, you know, and just, but finally get back on my feet when, when Brett gives me a text and says, out of the blue, how are you? Yeah, I'm thinking about you. And he just right on the nail a lot of the time, Brett, you know. And, um, but, you know, one thing I've had to do is build into your life an absolute persuasion of, of how much God loves you. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a black and white. God loves us. He he wants the very best for us. He's always thinking of us. In Romans 8, 38, I love this scripture. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, that's, that's just a great scripture. There's nothing, nothing that can, can come in the way of God loving us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're feeling. Uh, Christ loves us. And I've just written some things down here because I don't want to go past them. But, but Jesus' love is limitless to us. It's absolutely limitless. There's no boundaries on God's love towards us. And no matter what you've done in your past, no matter what you're doing now, no matter what you're facing now, it doesn't move God. It doesn't move God at all. He continues to love us and want the best for us. Um, you know, it's like God has eyes only for us. You know, you've you, you got to have that kind of thing in your walk with God, That knowing that God only has eyes for you, that he knows every area of your life, and he knows where he wants to take you, and he knows what's behind you and beside you, and he knows the obstacles, and he knows the things around you, but he's absolutely committed to steering you the right way. And, uh, and to, to, to causing you to walk in the right way that you should, and directing your steps, and leading you on the right path. And as you put your trust in Him, and as you, as you commit your ways to Him, and, and, and acknowledge Him, He will just continue to, to, step by step, make a way for you. And you've got to have that, uh, that faith in your heart that God has your back. That God, man, it, 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 it can just, it brings a, a deep peace when you know that God has your back, no matter what you're facing no matter what circumstances you're in, no matter what uh, other people in your world may be rising up against you and saying things against you, if you can just hold on to that, that God knows everything and he has your back, then it just gives you a sense of peace. You know, it's God's heart that we prosper and succeed. And that took me a while to, to get that one, that God wanted me to succeed and he wanted me to break through things and he wanted me to prosper and grow and grow and grow in every area of my life. It took me a while to get hold of that. I actually can remember myself thinking, Oh well, God knows my limits, and He knows I'm I'm about here, and you know He's happy with that. And I was kind of trying to make an excuse for myself not to grow anymore. Just God's happy with where I am, you know. But God soon shook that out because He's He's the whole your whole journey, your whole walk of faith is is to uh, to gain more land and to get closer to the promised land. And it's just holding on to Him and and uh, walking through that. You know, God has our best interests at heart. God is committed to us. You know, Philippians 1 verse 6 has to be my favorite scripture. It's a scripture I always hold on to when I'm going through a tough time. But it says we can be confident of this one thing. You know, it's the only place in the Bible where God says, out of all the words I put in this Bible, if anything, think about this one here. Be confident of this one thing. That he who began a good work in us will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. I just love that scripture. Man, That. Brings you brings you so much hope because no matter what you're going through, you, you can take hold of that scripture and think, God's committed to me. He's committed to fulfilling my course in my life. He's committed to loving me. He's committed to uh, restoring me into sonship and growing me as a son of God. And, and, and if he's committed, well, then all I've got to do is just stand in faith and hold on to him. You know, standing in faith sometimes, it's like you're holding on by just a strand. You know, you're just barely holding on because of all the turmoil going around you. But it's in that place that God can do his greatest work. It's in that place that God can, can do his greatest work. Uh, you may not know it at the time, but if you stand, hold, stand fast and be strong and be brave. Um, when you break through, that can be the greatest time, you know, the greatest uh, time of breakthrough you can have. And you know, yesterday morning, I woke up, and I got this message, kind of started to get it ready yesterday, I had some ideas, but I woke up yesterday morning, and uh, I don't know about you, but all week, I was, I was saying to God, God, wake up, speak to me, tell me what to preach on, and of course, he was silent, all week. <laughs> um, so this kind of came yesterday, but yesterday morning, I woke up with these words, and it, was, um, and it was, I have fought the good fight, I have fought the good fight, and Paul was talking to Timothy, and uh, to Timothy 4, 7, and he said, I have fought the good fight, I've ran the race and I've kept the faith. Now Paul was on his way out. He was dying. So he could say those words. He could say he's fought the fight and he's ran his race and he's kept the faith. But no one's dying here at the moment so we, we can't say we've run the race but we, can, but we can say we're fighting the fight. You know, it's a fight. The fight of faith is our biggest, that's, I wouldn't say hurdle but that's the, that's the thing we've really got to hold on to. You know, our... our our walk of faith is a fight. It doesn't come easy. Uh, these obstacles and, uh, you know, actually that word fight literally means um, to contend, to contend and struggle with difficulties and obstacles that come in your way. That's what it means. Your fight of faith is to contend and, and struggle with difficulties and obstacles that come in your way and they, they'll come there to set you off course and they'll come to throw you off course and to, to pull you into these things and pull you into sin and, and pull you out of the faith. But, you know, Paul was able to say, um, but I kept the faith, which means you can let the faith go. And that's not a good thing. No one wants to let the faith go. Jesus paid too much of a price, a precious price, to let the faith go. There's nothing to to backslide to. You You think about your past, there's nothing to backslide to. Often it tempts you and tries to pull you in, but actually there's nothing really to backslide to. Jesus is the way. He's the way. But, you know, the contending and the struggling with the difficulties, it's never against people. It's not people we have to fight with or people we have to struggle with. Often it's, it's demonic powers behind people or it's just it's, uh, it's issues within us. It's uh, stuff that strongholds in our lives that we have to overcome. Like I had to overcome uh, the whole intimidation thing of speaking on a mic and all that kind of stuff. It was horrendous. The first time actually Pastor Mike put a mic in front of me, over here I, I started crying. This is, I was at, I was, when I first heard my voice in the loudspeaker, I, I broke down. My voice just went and crumbled. On the, and Mike, Pastor Mike, quickly pulled it away because he realized I was dying and, uh, and, and carried on. And I, was, I was a blithering mess. It took me weeks to get over that. I was so embarrassed. And it started because we were running the youth and, and Mike had, had, a, had a, an event for all the youth leaders and all the leaders in the church. And he said, oh, who's got a testimony? And these youth leaders, these girls around, started saying, right in, right in. And I'm thinking, I've got nothing to say here, nothing. Mike comes over, what are, you, what are you doing, you know? And I just died on the spot. Didn't help my cause. But, you know, we have to, be, we have to stand, we have to be strong, we have to be brave. You know, and Timothy uh, Paul said to Timothy, be strong that is in the grace of Jesus Christ. Be, st- be strong that's in the grace of Jesus Christ. You know, that's, that's how we get through. We get through in God's grace. And you know, I have a, I have a situation at the moment within my workplace that's very, very difficult, hugely difficult, and I have just had to get up every morning and pray into that area and pull on God's grace to help me and, and, and not to, to cut judgments out of my heart and, to, and and, and begin to stand against the words and the accusations and things like that that I know are coming against me, but in the same, in the same prayer, then turn around and uh, and bless them and ask for God's salvation over them and, you know, and, and heap coals onto their lives so that God can move in their lives and declare that God can vindicate and I don't have to do anything. I'm just, you know, and these are, man, there's a real safety in that. There's a safety in uh, that we've, we've got our God, you know, he's looking out for us, he's, He's concerned with us and he's concerned what's going around, what's, what's happening around our lives. And, but we can pray and, we, and if we keep our heart right and pray for the people that we know are standing against us or doing something, we can pray and keep our heart right. Man, I'm just looking forward to seeing what God will do in that place. I'm really looking forward to seeing what God will do. And um, so, you know, the, challenges, the challenge is our faith. You know, um, when we go through these times like this, it challenges our faith, it challenges where we stand, what we believe. Um, You know, sometimes we have to, We sometimes our standing fast in the faith is not um, giving in and letting sin and iniquities take over our lives and begin to rule our lives. And that's a very true thing. That iniquity stays at your door. That generational stuff stays there knocking at your door. And... um, but these ways we can really deal with that. But often it's a process of dealing with that. And, you know, I had a situation this year where, where God was pushing his, pushing his button in, in me. And I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize what was going on. But I ended up really blowing it and doing something, really blowing it. Um, and uh, But, you know, the minute, I realized, the minute I got revelation of what I had done and what I'd said, within 24 hours I was with that person repenting and bawling my eyes out because I realized what I'd done and what I'd said. And um, it was an amazing thing, wasn't it, Lynn? <laughs> um, you know, it was just—it an amazing thing because when you get revelation, uh, it, it's really humbling. You know, you need to, you know the, being humble is key. First, recognizing what you've done, recognizing, but then humbling yourself to the point of actually repenting and going to the person or trying to get the, the, the situation dealt with. And God, just, he just moved. I couldn't I just wept and wept and wept as a realization of what I'd done. And, you know, it's, it's all over now. There's no, there's no nothing It's gone. But at the time, it was big. But now it's all gone. Because when you do that, God can just, he deals with it. He throws it at the bottom of the sea and, and it's gone. But at the time, it was big. But we need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves. You know, the Bible says God opposes the proud but lifts up the humble. When God opposes the proud, it literally means he stands against. He literally stands against the pride heart. And he so you can't resist God because you're standing against, you're standing against him. And um, so, you know, I just want to encourage you all. I'm going to finish up. So I want to encourage you all, no matter what you're going through, God has a way out, and uh, we need to be brave, be strong, and a breakthrough will come, breakthrough will come if we keep the faith, and we, we stand strong in God, and you know, there were, I just want to share one last story that was, a, there was a, probably a real defining point in my faith, a defining point uh, that I had to go through at that time for what God had ahead for me, so you never know what God's got ahead as you go through stuff, you just, all you see is the big swirl of turmoil and issue, but You don't know what God's got on the other side, but I remember a, a friend and I started off a, we'd started off a contracting business, and uh, it was all exciting, and we were just at the verging at the start, at the start of this business, and, um, and all of a sudden, uh, it just fell apart. And this guy went ahead, and he, he went behind my back and went to the boss and got all the work from South and started running his own business, and just left me. And uh, it was just the most painful thing. I'd ever I'd ever been through, and I think Joseph was just born, just a tremendously painful time, and it was a point where I had about a week's work left for myself, and that was it, and I had no not, didn't know what I was going to do, and so I just began to cry out to God. I'd go to work in the morning, and I'd just be weeping, and just, I just wouldn't know what was going on. It was like my whole life it was shattered. For the first eighteen months of being saved, I was just like a fireball, and all of a sudden, like I woke up one morning, and everything just came crashing down. And I blame Ian because he prophesied over it. <laughs> he said it was going to happen. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Next minute, a poof. He didn't know the details, but he knew, he knew it was going to happen. And, uh, but anyway, it was like all of a sudden, my whole life just, God was gone. I felt God not there. And you know that feeling you have when God had disappeared and, and everything was hard again. There was sin everywhere. And that was like that. I'm thinking, oh, this, what's going on? And um, But anyway, I was out. I was out pruning some trees on orchard trees and i had my bible in my car and, and i went down and, sat and I, I i opened up the word and i felt god say read 1 peter 1 6 or read 1 peter and i remember answering him back and saying oh, i've already read that i read that yesterday you know just in my heart but anyway because i had read it you know it had meant nothing but i said like, okay so i turned to it and um So I turned to the Scripture, and I started reading Peter, and I got to this part here, and it said in verse 5, it said, it just talks about the heaven and what God has for us, and it says, Who so are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And in verse 6 it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. This, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes... Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I remember as I read that scripture, it just, the, 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 I just broke down. I just absolutely broke down and wept and wept and wept. Because all of a sudden, God had revealed to me why I was going through this. This was the first big test of my faith. Like, you know, when you get saved, God carries you for a while. And he feeds you with milk and everything's great. And it's like, you know, everyone's praying for you and you love it, and you know. But all of a sudden, you know, and End's prophecy, En's word was actually God's going to release you from the yoke to go and find your own feet or go and find your own heart, you know. That's, uh, that's what he said in this big prophecy. And this was what it was like. It was God would release me now. You've got to go and find your own heart. You got to. This, this is your first test. But it, but it just brought so much hope and joy because all of a sudden, I knew what God was doing. This was a huge test of my faith. What was I going to do? And, uh, and so I came home pumped. All of a sudden, I had God's testing me. This is great. You know, it gave me hope for what God would have for me. And I think that day or the next day, this guy that had, that had um, taken the business from me came up and he said, Oh, he said, um, I've been having to think. He said, how, how about, would you like to come and work for me now? So here's this, we were going to get a partnership. Now he steals everything, and now he's offering me a job back. And he said, oh, I'll pay you, pay you this, and I'll look after you. And, and I said, well, okay. So I went home, and I went home and prayed. I just went home and prayed in faith, and, and absolutely the word that God said, no way. Absolutely no way you know, what will, you, what will everyone think? What, actually, what he, what he kind of revealed to me was what will your family think? What will everyone think that if you go and start working for him and you don't trust me to find you something? I said, yeah, so I went back the next day and he says, oh, have you thought about much what I've said? And I said, yep, and no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trust God to find me work. And he kind of mocked and laughed, oh, no, yeah, we'll see. But you know what? Within a few weeks, I was working for a, a guy who offered me a job. Within a few months after that, He gave me a manager's job, managing an orchard. I'd never managed anything in my life. Uh, uh, All I did was prune trees, picked apples and thin fruit. And next minute, I'm managing an orchard. And he gave me a huge big home on the orchard for Sharon and I. And it was just everything began to fall in place. The dots all began to fall in place, you know. But, But often it's holding on. It's going through that trial. It's going through that grief. But knowing that it's no surprise to God. It's no surprise to God, and that's that's that thing where you gotta you gotta have that persuasion in your heart that God's eyes are only for you. He's he's he knows all about your life. He knows exactly where you're at, and he's manoeuvring things for, to, to, so that it'll be the be, He's always got your best interests at heart, always, always. It may mean a bit of pain uh, and all that kind of stuff, especially when there's sin uh, issues there that you know we have to we have to break through. You know, I, I was remember I was in this dying heat with sin all around me one day, like you know, all, all you guys have, and um, experience, you know, and I just, you know, you get really down and everything's hopeless, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, because the sin that she came up in my life, and, God, and I was really down and God just spoke this word into my spirit and he says, um, he, said, uh, he said, I've always seen the sin, I'm just allowing you to see it. I've always seen the sin. I'm just allowing you to see it. So you need to be encouraged with that when, when something does pop up in your life and you get kind of down on it and, oh, wow, how am I going to get through that? And you kind of feel ashamed or whatever. But actually, like, God's always seen it. He's just letting you see it because you need to see it to deal with it. You need to see it to deal with it. You need to recognize it's there. We've all got stuff that we don't know is there yet, but when God shows it to you and you, and you recognize it, then it's time to go through the process of dealing with it. I wonder if we could just have the musicians up. So I just really wanted to exhort the church this morning to stand fast in the faith, to be brave, to be brave to be strong, and let all you do, do out of love. You know, there's a real standing in the faith. There's a real strength we need. These are real... Um, contending for what's right. There's a contending to keep our hearts right. There's a contending uh, in our fight of faith. But God has our best interests at heart. So I want to do a couple of things this morning. I want to give an opportunity for anyone here who's, who is just standing fast in the faith. They may be struggling with something or they're just having a hard time. I want to just open up. The floor this morning for those to come and just encounter God as the musicians play, and there'll be some uh, some leaders that were here to offer to minister and pray for you. Um, so if that's you, you know, I want you to open up the floor. I'll open up the floor afterwards. And the other thing is, I just wonder if there's anyone here and you've heard this message of hope, this message of of holding on to God, and uh, and you've heard this message, and you've never. Maybe your first time in church. You've never actually received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't know Jesus. You're not a Christian. But you're, you know you're in a place in your life now where you're really struggling, that you're trying to stand in your life. You're trying to stand with whatever's going around you, but you don't have God. That's a very, very difficult place to be in. It's hard, you know. With God, you've, there's that hope that He will carry you through. If you haven't got God, that's a very, very difficult place to be in. If you are here this morning, and you haven't got God in your heart, you haven't got God in your life, you've never asked Him to forgive your sins and and become your Lord and Savior, then I wonder if you could just quickly put your hand up. Is anyone here this morning that's never given their hearts to Jesus Christ? Just quickly put your hand up now, just up and down. If it's you this morning, if you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, what if you've a place where you've lost your faith? Like Paul said, I've kept my faith, but you're in a place where you've let it go at the moment. You've walked away and you've let your faith go. If that's you this morning and you want to come back and get back on the horse with God and get back on that faith ride again, I want you just quickly raise your hand. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to help you get back on that horse. It's great. I see that hand. I see those hands. You know, God, or He never never forgets us. He never... It's like in one Philippines, He said, He's... This, of all things this one thing be confident that I will complete the work those, those couple of people that put up their hand you can be confident that God wants to complete the work he started in you I wonder if we could just all stand up this morning I just love those two people I'd love those two people to come up to the front if you've got some friends they can bring in I'd love to just to pray with you why don't we just give them a clap now? Jesus, thank you. Lord, why don't we just reach out to these two now? Thank you, Lord.